0: Lock
1: and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show. Live and on demand on Blaze TV Radio Podcast. Steve Dace here alongside Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, And all of you at 888-900-3393, that's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. And don't forget, you can now go to YouTube to get free clips of this show. If you like free, that's youtube.com slash Dace. Subscribe to our new YouTube page. You'll get samples of this show that you can sample. Uh, and then share with others uh, if you would be so kind, uh, because that would help us to get the word out as well. That's how you can help us help you. Again, youtube.com slash Steve Dace. And now on Parler. What's Parler? Well, you'll soon find out because we're all going to be there here uh, sooner than later once we get banned from Twitter. Uh, Parler is the uh, the competition to Twitter where free speech is still permitted. At Steve Dace on Parler. D-E-A-C-E at Steve Dace on Parler. All right, coming up here today, one of the leading researchers when it comes to demographics and belief systems in America, George Barna, will be joining us here at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, for Theology Thursday, we're going heavy on application. I did this last week in an overtime, and I know that in general the rule is what is said in the overtime has to remain in the overtime, right? Yes. But I got to thinking about it. The reason why I put this topic in the overtime is because I was concerned if I threw this out there in the general population, um, it, it could lead to social media bans. And, and I have no problem getting banned from social media. I just want to make sure it's not on a technicality. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <clears throat> I want to go down. You've heard me use this analogy before. I don't want to be Al Capone dying in Alcatraz, man, of syphilis because of tax evasion, right? When you finally cuff me, I want to go down because of the body count, the amount of body bags you pulled out of the St. Valentine's Day massacre. I want to go down for that, right? I don't want to go out on a technicality. I want to earn that prosecution, or persecution, as the case may be. Um, But you know what? That was wimpy, hypocritical. You know, I've I've tried not to ask anything more of this audience. When I've been urging us to stand up for our rights and defy these petty, gross tyrannies, uh, you know, when when my state opened, I went out right away. When my church opened, went out right, right away. When there were opportunities to fly outside of my state, went right away. I, I've tried not to ask anything of anyone else. Like I don't want to be, I don't want, I don't want to be like the teacher unions. If I understand if I understand the position of the teacher unions, the cur- their current position is that you were fine to risk your life to work all the grocery stores that they shopped at while they were off the last few months. You were fine to risk your life uh, if, for all the hardware stores and WalMarts and all the other essential places that that you shop, that the teachers shopped at these last few months while they were off, right? You were fine to do that. Yes. You were fine to risk your life delivering their food. You think there was maybe any members of any teacher unions that had some Uber Eats or some GrubHub for the last four months at any point in time? Do you think? Probably. So you were fine risking your life in your job for them and their convenience while they were at home for the last few months but they then get to determine your kids' lives on the other end of this as well is, is that kind of the position of the teacher unions all these other vocations are fine risking their lives to provide them services and products that they would like but, but they're not interested in they're not taking any risks for your kids whatsoever is that that kind of seems like the position they're taking right now and aggressively so no they're doubt. not being ambivalent about it no no doubt about it which is why I did this yesterday let me do this again today if you're sitting around nashville just announced That it's all online in the Nashville public schools coming up this fall. There's a lot of poor kids in Nashville. All those kids that don't have a computer. What are they going to do? What do they do? See, if, if if you're tired of putting your fate, the fate of your kids, the fate of your family into the hands of these educrats and their political causes and their whims, now is the time. Uh, check out our friends over at Freedom Project Academy. Go to this website. Freedomforschool.com is the website. That's freedomforschool.com. Freedom Project Academy is built on Judeo-Christian values. It is for students K-12. through It's a live, interactive environment with a teacher in a virtual classroom. And, and they specialize in critical thinking. It's not about how you think uh, or, or what to think, but how you think. They, they want to you know do that whole teach a man to fish thing rather than just handing over stealing a fish from somebody else and giving it to somebody else and calling that redistribution again freedom for school though is where you want to go spots are filling up fast you can get some free information on that website at freedomforschool.com. dot com so I don't, I don't want to be like the teacher unions I, I have tried to all every step of the way practice what I have been preaching here when it comes to defiance last week I didn't do that because I, I'm concerned that preaching this doctrine of America's founding, which really, the doctrine of the lesser magistrate is just a nice, fancy, civic term for the civil disobedience that is practiced throughout the scriptures. That's really what it is. Where people just refuse to do what government says because God says that's bad. Don't do that or dumb. Don't, that's wrong. Don't do that. And so we put this in the overtime rather than in the general population because I didn't want it getting out there because they're they're looking to ban people that urge defiance of these status schemes. And then I got to thinking though, a that's hypocritical, but b, I'm a, wouldn't we be okay being banned for that? Oh yeah, I'm totally okay with being banned. I mean, that's that's the cause, right? We. I'm totally, I'm fine taking the the, the the ban for that, right? For sure. Yeah, I don't want to go down for claiming that they're making the frogs gay, but I'll go down for that, right? So, here's what we're going to do in Theology Thursday. We're going to go back to that video from last week. Because it really is the ultimate application of a, of a, of a biblical worldview in the civic arena. What happens when government proclaims itself as God? and we all recognize there's only one God, ma'am, and he doesn't dress like that, right? What do we do? So for Theology Thursday next hour, we're going to take that overtime from last week, and we're going to play it for you here, so the entire audience on podcast, blaze radio, that that get the free feed, uh, you're going to hear all of that, and then we're going to break it down some more for you. And I'm going to share with you an email from one of our listeners who demonstrates on an individual level How the doctrine of the lesser magistrate goes right down to the individual autonomy of every single American. All right. We're going to do that uh, coming up on the next hour of the show. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
2: What Happened While We Were Away, brought to you by a reconsideration. All of us on this show have been adamant in our opposition to the lockdowns and shutdowns brought about by COVID-19. And while the death rate from COVID-19 continues to plummet, as Dr. Anthony Fauci reminded us yesterday, the war is not over.
3: It's a false narrative to take comfort in, in a lower rate of death. There's so many other things that are very dangerous and bad about this virus Don't get yourself into false complacency.
2: Which is why on this montage, we're going to highlight some of the words of the soldiers on the front line of the war against this virus. It's a part of this equation we've simply overlooked. And perhaps if we'd done so sooner, we would have softened our tone about the shutdowns. Dr. Talia says his hospital is managing, but just barely, at keeping up with the increased number of sick patients in the last three weeks. The hospital's urgent care centers have also been inundated, and its outpatient clinics have no appointments available. Dr. Bernard Kaimans, associate professor of infectious diseases at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, says that UAB Hospital canceled elective surgeries scheduled for Thursday and Friday of last week to make more beds available. We had to treat patients in places where we normally wouldn't, like in recovery rooms, said Kaimans. The emergency room was very crowded, both with sick patients and who needed to be admitted. In California, several hospitals have set up large surge tents outside their emergency departments to accommodate and treat patients. Even then, the LA Times reported this week emergency departments had standing room only, and some patients had to be treated in hallways. In Fenton, Missouri, SSM Health St. Clair Hospital has opened up its emergency overflow wing, as well as all outpatient centers and surgical holding centers to make more beds available to patients who need them. Nurses are are being pulled in from all floors to care for them. From Laguna Beach to Long Beach, emergency rooms were struggling to cope with the overwhelming cases and have gone into quote-unquote diversion mode, during which ambulances are sent to other hospitals. Hospitals across the state are sending away ambulances, flying in nurses from out of state, and not letting children visit their loved ones for fear they'll spread. Others are canceling surgeries and erecting tents in their parking lots to triage the hordes of patients. There's a little bit of feeling of being in the trenches. We're already battling these infections to try to get them under control, California Dr. James McKinnell said. We're still not sure if this is going to continue. At Parkland Memorial Hospital in Dallas, waiting rooms turned into exam areas as a medical tent was built in order to deal with the surge of patients. A Houston doctor said the local hospital beds were at capacity. Chicago's Dr. Anthony Marinelli says they've seen a major spike in cases. It's so overwhelmed the community hospital that they've gone on bypass at times. That means they'll tell ambulances to bypass the ER and find another. Dr. Atala, the chief of emergency medicine at Grady Hospital in Atlanta, says the hospital called on a mobile emergency department based nearly 250 miles away to help tackle the increasing patient demand. Quote, at 500 plus patients a day, you physically just need the space to put a patient in. Dr. Atala says, now that I've read and you've heard some of the words of the soldiers on the front lines in the battle against this virus, perhaps you'll reconsider as I have that the lockdowns were, and are, necessary. Oh, those are from 2018. Uh, Sorry about that. Everything that I just read for you are from stories about the 2018 flu season. My bad. And that's what happened while we were away.
1: Aaron's montage, brought to you by our friends over at Patriot Mobile. If you haven't already made the switch to Patriot Mobile, their latest promotion might just be what you've been waiting for right now. They're giving you a choice. Either get a brand new phone or if you want to keep your existing one, a free month of service because Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone company. They will never charge you hidden fees and unlike Big Mobile they won't send your hard-earned money to leftist causes or groups that try to destroy the country. Plans start as low as $25 a month and their US-based customer service team was just rated number one among all wireless providers. So get nationwide 4G service and unlimited talk and texting. Switching is easy. Keep your phone number, bring your own phone or get a brand new Motorola G7 play. This is their biggest promotion of the year. So you don't want to wait. Call 972 Patriot right now. That's 972 Patriot. 972 Patriot or go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. PatriotMobile.com slash Steve when you get an opportunity to do business with people that believe the same things you do. And it doesn't cost you more money or a downgrade in service. Take full advantage of it. 972-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash Steve. That montage from Aaron. I I can't tell you. And I know I've said this a ton. And I just have to keep saying it. You have never been lied to like you have been these last few months. You just haven't. I haven't. I haven't been. What What is happening here? Virtually everything you're being told in most sectors, the exact opposite is true. Coming up in the overtime today, I'm I'm going to go take an article from Politico Europe. Is that some right wing? Political Europe, Breitbart, do you, I mean yeah, most people don't bright, really know the definitely. difference. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. I'm going to take an article, it's about a month old from Politico Europe. Because one of the things we're being told, well, we can't play sports here because uh they were able to lock down the virus in all these countries because they did everything government told them to do. And they 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 had really strict uh social distancing and everyone and, and masks are mandated everywhere and everywhere in all these other countries. Yeah. Is that true? Oh, but based on the track record so far, probably not. It's probably not true. It's not probably not true. And you're gonna find in the overtime today. I'm I'm gonna go through every European country with their with their restrictions were as of about a month ago, because they're all playing sports and doing stuff. I mean, right? Tom Cruise can go to the UK to film the next Mission Impossible film. Last I checked, he cannot go get a drink inside a bar in in Los Angeles County. Correct? Didn't they lock that back down because of the spike in cases? I thought so. Yeah. So we're going to go through this today in the overtime. BlazeTV.com slash Dace. If you're not already a subscriber, you can go there and get a discounted subscription at BlazeTV.com slash Dace. Or just go there to watch this later today. But virtually everything you're being told is, 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 in this country anyway, is 180 degrees different from the truth.
2: Lord Nefarious right now is sitting somewhere really hot, being like, come on, stay in your lane, bro. That's what's happening. It's Uh, (laughs) demonic. I want to share a note I got with you, or I got
1: about an hour ago before we went on the air. And I've not heard from this woman in more than 20 years. She's my former mailroom supervisor at Blue Cross Blue Shield. Hmm. She was one of the supervisors I had when I worked in the mailroom at Blue Cross Blue Shield. She writes, hopefully you remember me. My son just sent me your video about the second wave scam. Thank you for that true information. I have felt like I have been under mental and emotional terrorism. This reminds me of the meaningful conversations we had when we worked together. Very proud of you and all you have accomplished. I've not, I've not even thought of this person in years, just because it was so long ago, right? Right. And she chooses to reach out for the same reason that a lot of you have reached out to us on this show for the last few months I have gotten this kind of note I can't even count how many times so you know what this means it means you're not alone you are not alone what you are is unrepresented that's the issue here This is why we are left with no choice, but what we're going to talk about next hour, the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. We are are left with no choice but to defy. Because the normal, traditional process where your interests are supposed to be heard, your grievances are supposed to get an audience, doesn't mean you'll win the day, doesn't mean you'll win the argument, doesn't mean you'll persuade government To follow what you think is the righteous path doesn't mean that you're not guaranteed an outcome here You're guaranteed an opportunity And you're not right now that opportunity is denied you There isn't a political party that represents you You can't do what the ACLU does and just sue people anywhere in America and get standing in a federal court the cavalry isn't coming. We're on our own. And <laughs> I know I'm, I applauded the Trump White House going on the offensive yesterday with schools. And I, I still do. But did you see the ridiculous guidelines his own CDC put out for kids to go back in school? Why don't you just put them all in juvenile hall? Why don't you just put them in prison? They're ridiculous. They're absolutely ridiculous. And what's the guy's name who's mismanaged this the whole time? Redfield or something,
2: right? Correct. Uh, Well, they're just they're just guidelines feel really bad if anybody shut down their schools because of these guidelines.
1: If he loses in November, mark my words, if he loses in November, he will have only himself to blame, President Trump. His failure to fire Anthony Fauci and his lackey over there at CDC, who has mismanaged and been dishonest, categorically dishonest this entire time, will be the reason why. Because he allowed them an audience in front of the country. He kept putting them in front of the country. And they're the ones that provided the rationale for the country never reopening. He'll only have himself to blame, only himself. Because I'd have fired those slap phalluses in about three seconds. And so would most of you. And who gives a runny turd with corns in it what some nitwit dweeb traitor to America on CNN thought about it? Or all of them, for that matter. Don't celebrate the death rate. The nation's leading infectious disease expert, allegedly, says don't celebrate the death rate. You're not alone. I could, I could do a show every day where I just read notes like this from people. The problem is you're just not represented. You're not alone by a long shot. Now, I'm not going to drop silent majority on you because I don't believe we're a silent majority anymore. I don't. But I also, though, believe there's a hell of a lot more of us than the system prefers to admit at the same time. We just have no representation. Who comes forward to defend us? The names are very rare. That's why, that's why so many of you give so much rope to Donald Trump. And I understand it now. Took me a while to get it, but I get it now. Because for all of his faults, and they are voluminous. He's really the only person with any real power that has shown at any point in time in recent memory. He cares what you think and might actually attempt to act on it. Might not be successful. Might be clumsy. Might be incendiary. But he's the only one. In the end. Andrew Claven over the Daily Wire had a headline on a column last week. I didn't get a chance to read the column, but boy, howdy did the headline just sum it up. Donald Trump is our only hope, and that is sad. I, I just, I mean, I, yeah, I thought there was a lot to that. That's why maybe it's good news today that his own appointed Supreme Court justice has ruled against him on his personal finances and prosecutorial harassment. Because if you know anything about Donald J. Trump, he is driven more by personal uh Uh, by the personal, we shall say. He's driven more by the personal than anything else. Like, I'd prefer that he defies the courts on, you know, killing a whole bunch of unborn babies or something like that, right? That would be nice. That would be nice, but at this point, man, I'll take what I can get, man. I'll take what I can get. If it's something like this that prompts him to finally flip the bird... At these, uh, at this fake constitutional convention over there, at the Supreme Court building, I'm your Huckleberry. I'll line up, sure. Because that's where we are. You have to. You're going to have to. We are all just going to have to defy this. I mean, folks, we just watched. The Guardian has a story out yesterday. They're estimating worldwide 26 million people took part in these racial protests last month across the world. 26 million. Let, let's say they're they're not even close. Let's say they're 50% off. 13 million. Still a hell of a lot of people, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's say they're 90% off. It's 2.6 million people. That's still a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. So let's go with the 90% off. 2.6 million. The mayor of LA says, don't sing in your church. Or was it the governor of California? Was it Newsom or was it Garcetti out there? I can't remember. I thought it was the governor. Was yeah, it I Governor it was Newsom? Governor. So don't sing in your church, but protests are okay. You you saw your opponents defy all of this and get everything they wanted doing so. So why do you obey it then? I'm I'm sorry there isn't a party that represents us. I have given more than a decade of my life I'll never get back trying to not make that the case. I, I did this all over the country. With, with moderate success, a lot of it in my home state, where I think, frankly, the atmosphere that a group of us carved out 10, to 10 years ago in our state, we're still kind of coasting off the fumes of that to some extent now. I, I, I'm sorry that that's the case, but I can't change that, and neither can you. And here's what. And here's what I can also tell you: things aren't going to change unless we make it happen. The founders spent years appealing to King George. They didn't just jump immediately to Lexington and Concord; they didn't want to have the confrontation either. I know we have this this we got a two we got a false choice where the founding generation is from. We have like lionized these guys like they're superheroes, you know you hate cancel culture today. Do you know that the Sons of Liberty actually tried to cancel a a person they thought was a British Tory. They tried to get rid of him uh, cancel his business. They tried to cancel culture. And Alexander Hamilton stepped in and said, eh, "We're not doing that." And then they found out later the guy was actually a spy for George Washington. They didn't even know that. They didn't even know. So, I mean, listen, I'm a big fan of the Sons of Liberty, but they're not infallible. They tried to do cancel culture in the 18th century. So, on one hand, we've turned them all into a bunch of of, of virulent racists that are irredeemable now that they're all dead. That's not true either a reference to slavery was originally put into the Declaration of Independence. They fought so bitterly over the issue they couldn't get it passed with it. They couldn't get a constitution passed by addressing it. That's how bitterly divided over it they were. So we have that false choice, but then we have this other false choice that these guys just all tiptoed between the raindrops, made no mistakes, and they're just beatified. That's not true either. The truth is its own reward. That's fine on its own. The truth is okay. And the truth is, they put, they put off confrontation, defiance. They put it off for a long time. They didn't, they didn't want to make a stand either. I, one could argue now, looking at history, maybe they put it off for so long that the only stand they left themselves was violent revolution. You don't have to wait that long. You have institutions in place. They're not representing you now. They're not serving you now. But they're in place. They could be made to serve. They could be made to represent you. But you're going to have to make them. They're not going to do this on their own. There's no blog you can write. There's As much as I love what Tucker Carlson is doing, there is nothing he can say in one of his monologues on, on the highest rated show in the history of cable news that's going to make... The, the guy running the CDC say, you know what, man, I know I've been a total hacktastic scam artist for the last four months, but I, I read Tucker Carlson's monologue last night. and I've just decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finally give you all the data that I've just been sitting on for the last four months. Or we can shut down until President Biden has sworn it. That's not how this works, man. We're not a nation of laws. We never have been. We're a nation of political will. We always will be. Politics is not a game of access. It is a game of Leverage. Leverage. And if you're wondering, who really are your overlords? Who is it that really rules over you? Simply find out whom you're not allowed to offend. Ask the couple facing hate crimes legislation for cleaning up graffiti in the street yesterday. Now you're going to have to do this. We're going to have to do this on our own. We're going to have to massively defy on our own. And some of us will face consequences. Some of us will get fired. Some of us will get arrested, but they can't arrest us all. They can't fire us all. That's how our rights were taken from us in this era. And I don't foresee any other way we're getting them back. Hey, have you noticed your hair isn't looking as full as it used to? Yeah, I know. Losing your hair is no fun. So let's talk about options. You can go to your doctor for a hair loss treatment prescription, then visit the pharmacy, then try not to go broke uh, to avoid going bald. Or you can try Keeps from the comfort of your own home, You'll get the same doctor-recommended FDA-approved hair loss treatment, but Keeps offers the generic version, so it's about half the cost. And one more thing you will love about Keeps is that it's all online. You just answer a few questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you, and then it's shipped discreetly to your door. So why make unnecessary trips to the doctor or the drugstore when you can do it all from home, not to mention save a ton of cash, too? So if you want to get started with a special deal, here you go. Go to keeps.com slash grow, K-E-E-P-S, just like it sounds, keeps.com slash grow. Get 50% off your first order, so you're already getting the the lower generic versions or lower priced versions, uh, the generic versions anyway. So how about another 50% off your first order as well to get you started? Keeps.com slash grow. That's keeps.com slash grow. Did you guys see the clip going around I I really could care less what gets said on any given night. You guys, you guys know this. You almost never see me respond to whatever was on the Cuomo or all these cable news shows. I just don't get into any of that. I could care less. Like most of America, I'm not watching them, right? Correct. But, but you're this one, I, Don Lemon. Yeah, this one though, I thought was interesting. Okay, caught my eye because Don Lemon last night on CNN made a reference to when Jesus was on Earth. He just, you know, he mean, I mean, all I want to make sure I don't misquote him, but he alluded to making several mistakes or something from what I recall. He wasn't perfect. He wasn't perfect when he was here, right? Okay. (laughs) So, um, that is a good segue to our guest here today, because he has probably done as much research on the state of American belief systems, or... In the case of Don Lemon, the lack thereof, as just about anybody has for the last few decades. His name is Dr. George Barna now, and he joins us from the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University. And, uh, George, it's a pleasure to have you back here with us on uh, Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. How are you?
3: Doing well, Steve. Good to be back with you again.
1: You probably were not shocked to hear uh What uh, Don about what Don Lemon said about you know Christ did not leave a perfect or lead a perfect sinless life when he was here on Earth because you have been charting America's worldview devolution now for the last couple of decades. Right before we went into lockdown, you came out with the your your most recent report on the worldview trends in America heading in to 2020 and this election. This might be your most depressing yet. Give us the details. <laughs>
3: Thanks for that lead-in. You bet. You know, when I, go, when I go to speak publicly, they say, hide the razor blades, Barna's here. Um, you know, that when you talk about what Mr. Lennon said, for instance, we find that almost half of all Americans hold that same perspective. Right now, 44 percent would say that Jesus sinned. So, you know, when we put together a lot of different fundamental truths, about what the Bible teaches about life, how life works, and so forth, what we find is that only 6% of Americans right now have what could be described as a biblical worldview, which simply means that when they make their decisions from moment to moment, they're trying to make sure that it's consistent with the teachings of the Bible. Historically in America, that was, I and many others would say, what put America on the right track, what allowed America... Become a great country because we had biblical morality, biblical values, biblical lifestyles, not perfection by any means, but nevertheless, we at least knew that there was a difference between right and wrong. Now, in what's becoming a predominantly Marxist culture, at least based on worldview, what we know is that people are saying there is no God, there is no right or wrong, there is no source of truth. The only thing that matters is that you feel good about yourself, that you pursue happiness, and that you're able to experience that.
1: Hmm. Let me put a positive spin on that very dire information that you just provided us, if I could, though. Okay? So, 6%. You said it's 6% of Americans. And from being very familiar with your work over the years, when you talk about a biblical worldview... You know, we're not, we're not talking about verbal plenary inerrancy here and progressive sanctification and Pelagianism. No. And, uh, and uh, you know, we're not, we're not getting into the Luther Erasmus debates here, right? We're talking like Sunday school, 101, Jesus died. Jesus, you know, lo- loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. Rose again on the third day. There is a devil, right? We're talking real basic stuff yeah. here. Very much. Okay. So if it's only 6% of Americans have this worldview, that is a paltry percentage but if you do the math on it that's almost 20 million people george that's almost mm-hmm. 20 million to put that in perspective it would the total population of people if they in america with a biblical worldview by your research if they were their own state they would rank tied with florida for the third largest state in the country behind only california and texas so even with those paltry numbers that can still be mobilized into a pretty potent force of influence within a culture, couldn't it?
3: Absolutely true. And in fact, if you want evidence of that, all you have to do is read the Bible. Because when you look at the cultures that God, throughout the course of human history, as recorded in the Bible, transformed, typically what he did was he took what the Bible calls a remnant of people who were completely sold out to him, people who got it people who were committed to his way of seeing life and doing life and in fact often he had a larger group of people that he could have called upon to change things he set a large share of them aside and he took a small portion of that already small population and did what needed to be done so it's really not so much about numbers here in fact when you study movements and revolutions in recent human history what you find is depending on the situation depending on the movement the country all these things anywhere between three percent to twelve percent of a population can radically change what the rest of the population does so it's not so much about numbers it's about commitment and it's about willingness to act rather than willingness to simply complain
1: well that is that has been a theme of our show a lot these last few months because I mean, I know we're probably I don't want to outkick your coverage, right? You're 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 providing the data and then people like me then ultimately determine, uh, you know, what we do with it, how we analyze it, what we say to our audiences and platforms should be done in light of it. But, you know, I am I have been fascinated and frustrated, you know, to hear from the people in our audience. Hey, I've got this dictatorial governor in Illinois. I can't leave my house. And I'm like, you guys are the ones that own the guns, right? You can't leave your house. I don't, you know, Hey, my playground is closed down. I can't take my kids to the playground. I'm like, I don't know. The gun owners are the ones that, that, so the gun owners are the ones that are locked down, but the, 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 the people that want to take the guns away can just go ahead and riot in the streets and, and totally defy all of this. See, George, I tell my audience, I just told them again this a few minutes ago before you came on, we are not a nation of laws and we never have been. We are a nation of political will and we always will be. You can pass all the laws you want. It's a matter of who has the will to go out and enforce that or not. The Supreme Court can issue any opinion on anything it wants. The question is who has the will to go out and enforce that with the force of law or not. And I think what, what, what believers are struggling with is this idea of they are, they are attaching complacency and compliance and conflating it, I think, with holiness and righteousness. And they're, they're not, I think, the same thing whatsoever. What are your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, I agree with you totally. And, and when I look at this election that's coming up, one of the things that I think people misunderstand is they think it's a, an election about parties, it's an election about personalities. It isn't. It's an election about worldview. But you have to understand, regarding worldview, that worldview is not just what you believe, because uh, the reality is you do what you believe. And so behavior is really the proof of your worldview. So if we're going to have people out there who you know, believe the right things, it doesn't make any difference unless you then convert that into action and therefore do the right things. So that's really what all this is about. Are we willing to put our faith on the line? Are we willing to put everything on the line to say that I believe these things so much and I believe that freedom is so important that I'm willing to do something about it? Voting is great. We've got to do that. But as we're seeing right now out in the marketplace, we've got to be doing a lot more than just vote.
1: The church in previous eras in this country... Was the institution that that taught the hierarchy of values, that taught the chain of command, what it meant to obey God and and not man? What I can't tell you how many people I've had come to me in the last couple of years with you know there they, that have had their pastor basically tell them that Romans 13 meant means you do everything the government tells you to do except it can't possibly mean that otherwise why did nero cut paul's head off if paul meant the full context of that was to do anything God, government tells you to do then then why didn't paul comply with everything nero said and how did he become an enemy of the state why was he in house arrest why was he in chains it doesn't make any sense if that's the actual hermeneutical application of this but but my but what we what we are seeing is that a lot of church culture in america is is i from what i can tell is fairly homogenistic george it's really about producing shiny happy people it's really about producing compliant people people that don't rock the boat and people whose number one goal seems to be to be nicer than god please tell me based on your research that i am wrong
3: Uh, i'll i'll not only not tell you that you're wrong i'll tell you how you haven't gone far enough in describing the issue with the Church. Really, what's going on in America today is that we have a profound spiritual deficiency. And that spiritual deficiency is what has produced our worldview crisis. And it's that worldview crisis that's responsible for America's demise. Now, the solution to that naturally would be that churches would teach parents to teach their kids so that as a person's worldview, which is almost fully formed by the age of 13, is being developed, parents are the primary ones who are responsible for that. But what's happened is, instead, churches have decided that the measure of success is different than what Jesus taught. I, and I only know this from our research, where we talk with pastors across the country, asked them if they thought their church was a successful ministry. More than 80% of them say yes. We said, okay, so how do you know that? What, what's your indication that you're successful? And we found that most churches measure five things. How many people show up, how many programs there are, how many staff, people they've hired, how much money they raise, and how much square footage they've built out. Those are nice measures. I'm a measurement guy. I'm glad they measure something. But you've got to measure the right thing. And the problem here is that Jesus didn't die to put butts and seats in auditoriums. The reality is that he died so that people's lives would be transformed. He said we're to make disciples. People who love, people who obey the will of God, people who bear fruit in the society based on that will. That's what he taught in, in the book of John. And so... When we look at the Church today, we find that, number one, we don't have leaders leading the Church, which is why when you look at America today, a nation that is abundantly confused about what to do, looking for strong, meaningful, acceptable leadership, the Church is nowhere to be found. Church leaders are not there. Why? Because most of the people that graduate from seminary again, their words to us in our surveys is that they do not believe that God has called and gifted them to lead. They believe that he's called and gifted them to teach. But what does a teacher want? The biggest possible audience. How do you get the audience? By not being controversial in a church. And so they're afraid, or at least that's their perception. And so... They do not teach the things that people are crying out for. We literally did a study where we asked people, would you like your pastor to teach you what the Bible says about the current issues of the day? We enumerated 13 specific issues. And in each case, we had an overwhelming majority of church people said, I'm dying for my pastor to teach me how to think biblically hmm. about these issues. But when we talked to the pastors, they steadfastly refused to preach about them. So this is a big part of the problem.
1: I know, because the number one, one of the number one pieces of feedback I've gotten over the years on this show has been, how come I don't hear what you talk about in church? I can't tell you how many pastors have had come up to me over the years and say, uh, your show has caused me to have to change the way I, I preach on Sundays. I don't take any pride in that. That's sad. I mean, I, I've, I mean <laughs> I've got a lot of rough edges. I, I am not someone in a traditional context that ought to be considered any form of a leader in the church. I need to be under the submission. Of, of a person far more mature and pious than I am. But we're in a time of the judges, and so God is calling forth people like Samson because the nice guys, the guys that know better, well, well, they just sit on their hands, and someone's got to do the work. So it, it's kind of left you know, to the Cretans uh, further down the food chain, like myself, to kind of fill the void, and, and uh, that doesn't happen a lot in pulpits. I've gotten that feedback from my audience, George. I cannot tell you how many times over the years, and ultimately it, it shows the the root of how we ultimately got here, George Barna, uh, great work, Director of Research over at the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University. been following your work closely for years, George. I'm an admirer. Thank you very much for joining us today here on the blaze.
3: My pleasure, thanks so much
1: you bet gentlemen, your thoughts on that conversation
0: we've uh, been relying on experts for far too long. Uh, in what you said about uh waiting for a pastor uh t- to do their job well a lot of us you know kind of put it on cruise control and just think you know who are we to step in that's very much how we've been in public education either though we're supposed to be the primary educators of our children we keep conceding this please remember the, the prophetic world is bookended uh by Amos on one end one of the earliest prophets and John the Baptist on the other these were not experts the the, amos was a, a, a a goat herder john the baptist locusts and milk and honey that's you be them take your country back and demand more of your leadership otherwise throw them out
2: yeah and i mean along along these lines is it the chicken or the egg Do people, and this is the Cheez-Its versus Steak conversation in another context that we had with our friend Daniel Horowitz a few years ago, chicken or egg, um, is it because we have bad leadership within the church, or at least not sufficient leadership within the church, that we have people who are unwilling? Unwilling, it seems like, uh, more people unwilling to actually confront the hard issues, Or is it because we don't have very many people willing to confront the hard issues that we have uh, Mm -hmm. lack of leadership within the church? Uh, It doesn't really matter. More leadership, more leadership, actually leading as defined in this conversation is, is what we need regardless.
1: We'll come back. Theology Thursday is next. Back with our two live and on demand on Blaze TV radio podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erz and Aaron McIntyre. All of you at 888-933-93. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show, youtube.com slash Steve Dace is where you can get clips of this show. You can sample yourself and then share with others. You can follow us on Parler as well. What's Parler? We'll find out soon because if you're a conservative on Twitter, you won't be much longer and you'll be on Parler. At Parler, at Steve Dace, at Steve Dace. On Parlor. Finally, if you are a podcast listener to the program, thank you. If you haven't done so yet, please smash that subscribe button to help boost our numbers. You can also, if you like the program, give us a five-star review. If you haven't done that, please do so. If you have, maybe do it seven or eight more times. I don't know if those will count, but let's find out. Thank you to the thousands of you that have left us those five-star reviews or the 10 of you that just kept leaving them over and over and over again, Whichever. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's that thousands of people have left us those five-star reviews or just 10 people stuff in the ballot box. Other than that, either way we'll take, we'll take all of the positive reinforcement that we could possibly get theology thursday brought to you by rough greens vita smart you know why we're taking so many supplements as humans nowadays because the vitamins minerals nutrients the things that we need in our food is often stripped out so it can be mass produced and then mass consumed cheaply and we think we're saving money with all this cheap food we buy and then of course we got to go buy these expensive supplements later on and so it, it just it's six and one half dozen of the other same thing goes with our pets food as well Chances are, especially if your pet's eating that, uh, the dry dog food that they love so much, it's missing a lot of those things, even the omega oils that uh, your dog needs. That's where Rough Green's VitaSmart comes in. It is not a dog food. It is a premium dog food supplement. You just uh, take it. It's a powder, and you just take it and pour it on your dog's food, and I, apparently it makes the food your dog loves even better. I don't know. I've not sampled this one myself, but our dog Cap absolutely loves this stuff. All right, so if you want to try uh, the 14-day jumpstart bag today for just $14.95, here's how you can do so: go to roughgreens.com/blaze. R-U-F-F, by the way, is how it's spelled. I don't know what will happen if you type in Rough Greens the traditional spelling way. I would urge you not to find out, okay? Uh, Roughgreens.com, especially when you're at work. R-U-F-F. R-U-F-F is how it is spelled. Roughgreens.com slash blaze. All right, let's get to Theology Thursday. And we're going heavy. Perfect segue to the conversation we just had with George Barna where he was going on uh, or going off about application. Hey, you can claim to believe all you want. What are you doing with it, right? Okay, I mean... Where where do you take that belief system? Where where do you take it with you? Or do you take it with you at all? And then what do you do with it when you you arrive, wherever you're going? So we're going heavy on application this week. And we're going to discuss... um, I, I think this is the only thing standing between you and national divorce. It is an important doctrine. It comes from our founders in a civic sense. But it really comes from the the biblical notion of civil disobedience when is the right time to tell government no i won't comply it's called the doctrine of the lesser magistrate and it is a lost art in america that we need to recover because it's probably all that is standing between us and national divorce the doctrine of the lesser magistrate requires disobedience against government. That's what it is. It's disobedience. It's a refusal to obey everything government tells you, you must do. Tell me more. And that's, and, and here's, here's, and and let me jump to the, to the, to the conclusion and I'll work my way back from there. This is the final tool civil tool and instrument at our disposal to avoid a national divorce. I get asked a lot and I wanted to let that just simmer for a second before I followed up. This is the last remedy before a national divorce. And I I get asked constantly, give me some practical steps. There aren't any practical steps. There are not. I don't know what those practical steps, spend another 30 years trying to take over the Republican Party. I don't think that has much practical chance of working. And frankly, I don't think the Republican party has 30 more years. So there's that. There really aren't any practical steps. There were many of them. They've just all been taken away from us, which leaves only the impractical left. Now your founders anticipated that that could occur. They themselves were men who were out of practical steps and were left with the most impractical one of them all declaring a revolution against the most powerful sovereign in the world at that time, King George III of the British Empire, where the sun never, which the sun never set upon. The odds of their success as a bunch of ragtag colonials going up against the most imposing armada on this planet in the 18th century were remote. And then the odds they could pull this if they were even successful. The odds they could then pull this thing together into a governing country. How are we going to get these Catholics in Maryland and these Quakers in Pennsylvania and these Baptists in Georgia and these Episcopalians in Virginia. Who have laws in the books that if you don't belong to their state church, you can't vote or serve in government. How are we going to forge these people if we even pull this thing off? How are we going to then forge these people into an e pluribus unum from there? How's that going to work? The odds of that even get lower.
0: And because they knew how hard it was, it's why they didn't even try. We had the Articles of Confederation. It took, what, 13, 14 years before they said, uh, we got to give it a go. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's a reason why the great BYU uh, scholar, Cleon Skousen calls it the 5,000 year miracle or the 5,000 year leap. The odds of, of, of threading this needle, man, only providence could have made this happen. Only providence could have done it. Human effort alone would not have. Our founders understood that there may come impractical times. They actually were not opposed to bureaucracy. They set up all kinds of it, all kinds of checks and balances. They wanted the system to grind to a halt at times and to move slowly, because they didn't trust human nature. We've gone from not only trusting human nature, but putting our faith in it. That's the progressive way. You, you can be like God. You can be. You can evolve to a state of utopia and perfection. You can. You're not even basically good anymore. You're basically great. <laughs> All right? Even Pelagius would be like, y'all took this too far. Yes, All right? you foot. Even Pelagius, like, dude, I still believe there's a hell, guys. Okay? Yes, Pelagius right now would be the Jonah Hill <laughs> gift. Guys, guys, I'm in hell right now. <clears throat> Trust me, I can verify this is real. You don't want to take this argument. You've taken my argument too far, guys. Way too far here. Okay? I was a humanist. I wasn't a communist, guys. Enough. Enough with this. Okay? But I digress. Um, The doctrine of the lesser magistrate is how the founders intended for us to be able to say no to these things without having to do so in the way that they ultimately had to say no to King George. Violence. They didn't want that. They, They armed the citizenry not to encourage violence, but to incentivize it not to happen so the government would know hey there's a there's a price to pay for rolling up on the people they can shoot back are you sure you're willing to pay that that's an example of a, of a bureaucratic check and balance but the people were the check and balance on tyranny because they could shoot back if they had to so here's how the doctrine of the lesser magistrate works let me give you an example from this week The Supreme Court tries to tell the state of Louisiana that it cannot demand that the doctors who are going to get involved in the most intimate aspects of women's anatomy in order to help them kill their children are held to the same code as the actual doctors are. The doctrine of the lesser magistrate is where the governor of Louisiana says, I appreciate your perspective. But I know that you control no army, no police force, and cannot enforce this edict. It's, it's a blog. So, hey, we were interested in what your opinion was, and now that we know what it is, it's bunk. It goes against what the Constitution clearly said. I mean, the 14th Amendment says equal protection under the law. You're saying that the women who go to abortion clinics are not entitled to the same standards of conduct of the doctors who see them as if they went to any other walk-in clinic or a hospital. We're not treating people like that. Not to mention the fifth amendment says no person shall be denied life, liberty or pro- property without due process of law. And that being in her belly is a person. So we're not even going to let him kill the kid anyway. So the answer is no, but thanks answers. No, we're going to enforce the laws of Louisiana instead because no government has a right to do that, which God says is wrong. And God says not to murder, and we're not doing that here. But thank you. Now, the governor of Louisiana in our federalist system is below the Supreme Court, right? Yeah. yeah. So in this case, he is the lesser magistrate, and he has decided we're not doing that. Another example would be your governor has decided that he's shutting your state down. On bad data and science. Have we seen any examples of that recently? Yes. Yes. Now, c- can the governor enforce that on his own? No. Is your governor, is Jay Inslee in Washington going to go to every county in Washington to make sure that all the restaurants and bars and everything are all shut down?
0: Uh, governor, what, Karen up in uh, Michigan, sir tried. She but, tried,
1: yes, but not even she could but pull you, that no, off. No, she yeah. could not. Which means they need what? Who to do it? Well, they need law and enforcement right your local sheriff says we're not enforcing that and we actually saw several examples of this during the lockdowns that's the doctrine of the lesser magistrate your sheriff says we're not doing that i'm not enforcing that law and they got applause for it yes steve that sounds like lawlessness no the Mm. no it's not lawlessness because um sheriffs and governors how do they get those jobs and well every governor and most sheriffs how do they get those jobs they're, uh, filling. F- the, what's the word I'm looking for? there starts with an E. What's the word? They're elected, which means a, someone had to consent for them to hold those positions. Correct? That whole government by the consent yes. of the governed thing, right out of the Declaration of Independence. Which means, and how do they get? How do they? How do they garner that consent? They need a majority of what? Voters. So if you're a voter. If you're a citizen of one of those counties, you're know, like, "Hey, I really want to be under, I want I want to be the ant under the boot of my governor." And I hate the fact that my sheriff is treating me as a free citizen. You're welcome to run against said sheriff or go get a, another person to run against that sheriff and and have that person run on a platform of here in this county, we're the boot or we're the ant to the governor's boot in this county. That's how we roll here. That's the law. You're welcome to run on that. And if he loses, he loses. He leaves office, and your guy wins, and you get the subservience that you asked for. No, the lawlessness comes from when your elected governor violates their oath of office, when an unelected judge believes they are their own sitting inquisition on the Constitution, or even a they're the constitutional convention themselves. That's the lawlessness. What is the law? The doctrine of the lesser magistrate, a jury. Some of the founders referred to the jury as the fourth branch of government. Because a jury was supposed to be a lesser magistrate. Your case. Yes. You went to a jury, correct? Yes. The the police, who are the law enforcement, right? Yes. Said that you violated these laws, arrested you, and charged you with them, right? Yes. You went to the lesser magistrate. Yes. Right? Are the police superior in, in not in terms of, of political power, because the people are the ultimate authority, but in the legal realm, are the, is, are the police superior to the general population? Yes. Yes, they are. So the superior entity said you were guilty of these things and should be punished accordingly, right? Right. You went to the jury made up of whom? My peers. My peers, but they're the, who are all lesser magistrates in the legal community, right? Right. And you made your appeal to them. And what did they do? They said, they overrode the police and went with you. Yes. That is another example of the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. And then it ultimately goes all the way down to you as a citizen. that i am an individual made in god's image my rights come from god if you tell me that that you get to violate my god-given rights my answer is no you don't you don't get to do that this is the
0: crucial point if i if i may because most conservatives conservatives and christians are objectivists and i'll let steve flesh that out he's done it before before in the past in terms of their sense of innate legal theory i mean they are the people if the speed limit says 75 they're going 75 in the left lane and they won't move over and it's your problem if you don't and so i'm not going to break the law the law says it if 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 you wouldn't be treated as such if you didn't go out of your way to bring trouble upon yourselves that's how most of them think And that's not how somebody can think if they think about the law as Steve has laid out or MLK and letter to a Birmingham jail.
1: That's right. And and ultimately we're governed by the laws of nature and nature's God. That's what we're governed by. That's the highest law. That is the ultimate law. And whenever man makes a law that violates that law, you and I not only have the right, but frankly, the duty and obligation Correct. to disobey that. Over, over, the, over Jesus' head at the cross, the Romans hung a sign. Do you guys remember what it said? Yeah, Jesus Christ, King of the Jews. King of the Jews. Now, why did they say that? What did that mean? The Romans don't care about a messianic line. They're not making a theological statement. They're making a political one. When when the religious authorities who were against Jesus took him to Pilate, the charge they were charging him with, we would call it today sedition. They were claiming that he was riling up the Jewish people to overthrow the Roman government by claiming that he was the rightful king of the Jews. And that, as they said there in the Gospel of Matthew, we have no king but Caesar. Caesar. The Romans understood what that meant. The Romans did not execute Jesus because they viewed themselves as the enforcement authority of Jewish theological disputes. They hated the Jews and they didn't give a rip. Ultimately, they viewed him as a seditionist. And there they are. Hey, I'm just driving the speed limit here. Yes, yes. That, in fact, one of the questions... Pilate asks Jesus, what's one of the questions he asks him?
0: K.S. Veritas.
1: Yeah, he only asks him a few questions. One of them is, what is truth? That one. The other one, in that question, he asks him, are you the king of the Jews? Because in the end, that's all Pilate cares about. The politics of this situation. Are you claiming, sir, that you're a higher authority than Caesar? That's what it meant to a Roman mind. From the, which, which tells us what? From the very beginning, Christianity, and frankly, Judeo-Christianity. This has, been the issue, this has been an issue going back to the dawn of Revelation. The Judeo-Christian ethic is a threat to the world system. Because it calls us to be higher and better than this world is. The laws of this world want to bring you down to its level. The laws of nature and nature's God want to raise you up to his. Herein lies the conflict. Why won't you be as debased as everyone else? Why won't you join into what everyone else does? In his goodbye speech, Joshua, who is the greatest general the Jewish people ever had, In his goodbye speech, he gives them a challenge. If Baal is is God, go and worship him. If God is God, worship him. As for me and my house, we will worship the Lord. What he is saying to them is another variation of this theme. Which law will you live under? The laws of this world or the laws of the only one true God revealed through Moses? And when this world says you have to live this way, will you still live the mosaic law or will you do like we have done as a people over and over again, go right back to our old ways. There's nothing new under the sun. That's the same challenge today. The doctrine of the lesser magistrate was put in place by our founders so that all the way down to us as individuals, we could say as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I don't, care what, I don't care what you heathens are doing out there. We're not doing that here. When people like Michael Ferris and others were pioneers in the homeschooling movement, they were practicing the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. They were saying, hey, all the way down to us as individual parents, we are not surrendering our children to this school system's ideas. We're not doing that. We're not complying with that. That's the. This is the last remedy left. This is why I'm encouraging so many bar owners and restaurant owners to defy these edicts because they're not enforceable. They're, dude, they, they couldn't even enforce them on one salon, one salon owner in Dallas, let alone all of them. If they couldn't enforce them on one salon owner in Dallas, how are they going to enforce them on all of them? They can't unless you consent to it. You're not shut down by Doug Ducey and Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis. If you want to know who shuts you down, look in the mirror. You shut you down because you have to consent to this. And if there's one thing we saw with Greg Abbott when the woman defied him in Dallas. Notice how he... Ex post facto his own executive order, his attorney general leapt to our defense to have her released, right? Yes. Okay. Do you think these Republican governors want to be seen on TV, shutting down private enterprise? Hell no. Hell no. They're not going to do that, but they don't have to worry about it. If you just comply with everything, why would you sit at home? Do you believe that the, the men who founded this country for all of their various faults, do you think they would have sat there and watched a group of people in Illinois, thousands of them gathered to provoke perversity and shake their fist at God and then said, and that's why I need to stay home because of this uh, this uh, pandemic. I'll stay on my farm. Hell no, they wouldn't have done that. So why are you doing it? Why wasn't every church in Illinois open the day after? Why wasn't every pastor in Illinois that saw that video like, Uh, I'm full Nehemiah mode. We're opening up tomorrow. Every church. See, that's why you're losing your country, folks. You're not outflanked by leftists. You're outflanked by Mike Pence. Yeah, you're infested with wimps and a lack of courage and a lack of resolve. There's all kinds. That's why there's no practical steps left. You've surrendered all of them already. This is the last step left is the impractical one. I'm going to practice civil disobedience against this. Yeah.
0: I did this and this and this in your name. Okay. Well now be a man. Yeah. Uh, not so much. Not really. yeah.
1: And, 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 and this is it on this level. If you're not willing to say no, let me tell you what happens next. Hear that knock. It's on your door. Next. What are you teaching them kids in there? Tell us about the church you go to. What books do you read?
0: And if you still don't believe at this moment that it's going to come to that, you deserve it.
1: Yeah. So, we weren't willing to use any of the conventional methods— Instead, our conventional method was just vote Republican and have him screw us over and over and over again, and which meant now your rights literally lived and died based on who won an election. so much I guess that word inalienable" doesn't mean what we thought it meant, no. okay, I guess it doesn't well, now it doesn't matter because the Republican party doesn't care about you, yeah so that on again, on Tucker Carlson last night, they're even putting their senators on Tucker's show to laugh at you now. they don't care
0: he, and he actually made the seat at the table, yeah. defense he that's what he yeah.
1: did yeah. So now it's really just down to us as individuals, the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. We have to show these people that there is a price to pay for trying to impose on us. And we are willing to pay it and then challenge them. Are you willing to pay it, sir? Yes, Greg Abbott. I'm willing to go. You can, I'm willing to go to jail to save my family business. Are you willing to to lose an election when you, when the country sees you put people like me in jail? Are you willing to do that? That's the last one left. That's the last tool in the toolbox left. If we won't use that one the way it was intended, then at that point, man, it's national divorce and every man for himself. Some thoughts on that video from last week, from our overtime that we decided to share here for Theology Thursday on the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. What do you think? Aaron, I'll start with you. What do you think?
2: Uh, just got done watching all five. I don't know how I talked my wife into watching the last two uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Those were not great, but uh, the first three uh, are really entertaining. And there's a one, point, uh, one point, I think even, even in the first movie, where, uh, where I think uh, Johnny Depp's character, Captain Jack Sparrow, says uh, tries to invoke the pirate code. And some of the pirates say, hang the code, (laughs) hang the code, guys. um, We're not pirates. I'm not likening us to a bunch of uh, seafaring scoundrels, but we've been playing by the pirate code for far too long here. I don't want to say that. I can't risk my, my job. I don't want to say that. Uh, I don't know what Aunt Matilda is going to say on Facebook. I don't want to stick my neck out and speak up and, and confront my local elected representatives. Um, that's, you're playing by the pirate code. It's time to hang the code there. By the way, Captain Barbosa says, uh, these aren't rules. They're more like guidelines, actually. Anyway, I love that line. We've been playing by some sort of ethereal set of, of, of rules of engagement that our opposition the enemy at least the people who see you as their enemy uh that 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 those are the rules that they made up why would you ever play by their rules so yes at the end of the day and and i say this knowing full well i i'm really blessed in my life really uh fortunate um and don't send me your theological emails about luck and fort. Okay, don't send me those. You know what I mean. I, I'm I'm very, 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 very uh, privileged to be able to do what I, I need to do and get to do what I, I, I get to do. So I say this knowing that someday it's probably not going to be the case that I'm sitting right here in front of this camera talking to you and that the rubber is going to meet the road in a way that maybe it's not right now, to, or at least to the degree that it is. But guys it's just a job it's 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 all of the earthly things uh, they're just earthly things I mean Jesus promised that he'd give us everything that we need everything that we need to live what, what are we what are we afraid of and it's that fear this has everything to do with the doctrine of the lesser magistrates The only reason why each of us, or any of us, you invoked the pastors in Illinois the day after the the pride parade in Chicago drew a crowd of thousands of people. Why didn't they open up their churches the day after that? Fear. Fear. That's all that it is. And so the conversation about about fear has everything to do with the doctrine of the lesser magistrates. Because if we're not even willing or able... To stand up to our sheriff, to stand up to our state senator or state representative or our county supervisor, uh, uh, J.B. Pritzker, Gavin Newsom, Governor Karen, (laughs) they laugh at you. They spit on the ground in front of you. They're they're never. And then go
1: out and march in the protest the next day. They're
2: never going to listen to you until you force the people closest to you that are supposed to represent you to listen to you. So how does this work its
1: way all the way down to the individual level? I got an email from a listener with a suggestion that illustrates the point we're trying to make. I'm going to share that with you. We'll discuss it here when we come back. If you are struggling with chronic pain, whether it's back, knees, neck, shoulder pain, you know, the underlying cause could be inflammation. And if you want to defeat inflammation, um, you need to do it before it causes permanent damage. So check out Omega XL, backed by 35 years of clinical research. It attacks inflammation that's causing your pain. In fact, I use it to attack the inflammation in my own body as well. Pain relievers, tropical rubs. Can temporarily help, but often just to mask the problem. Omega XL though neutralizes the inflammation that is causing those pains, the stiff joints, aching muscles, etc. And if you want to get to a real solution, right? So that you're not just putting that stuff that smells like that on your on the sore parts in your body all of the time. Check out Omega XL to get you started right now. Omega XL will throw a second bottle at you for free when you buy your first one at OmegaXL.com slash Steve. So it's basically buy one, get one free. OmegaXL.com slash Steve. This is what I use in my workout recovery regimen. OmegaXL.com slash Steve or call 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. Did you guys just see... That Neil Gorsuch is the deciding vote in basically giving Tulsa, Oklahoma back to the Native Americans.
0: I saw that earlier and I was in, <laughs> uh, earlier, like way before the show, and I was in can't even mode. I, I'm going to look at it. I've had it's those bad. days where I just no.
1: can't compute the news because no. it will just take, put me over an edge. You, I've been there.
2: You, yeah. You should probably can't clarify for the, that. that's a Babylon B headline. No. Yes.
0: Both and?
1: Oh, it is. Okay, it may be.
2: Uh, no, that's what I'm choosing. This is my truth. Okay, okay. I, I hear you. I hear you. Okay. To be affirmed.
1: Right now, the Babylon Bee is pissed. <laughs> right? Right now, they're like, dude, that was scheduled to post on Facebook today at one o'clock. And it actually happened. Appropriation. No, folks, I'm not making this up, folks. This is. This is and it, it's not april 1st no i mean neil gorsuch is on as the great prophet clint black once saying a good run of bad luck right about now i mean he's he's over three today he cited i mean he cited he, uh, against the, the president on his finances and subpoenas and on something else earlier today and now he is neil gorsuch is the fifth and deciding vote in essentially saying about half of Oklahoma is a is a is an Indian reservation including the part that includes Tulsa so if you are listening or watching us today from Tulsa Oklahoma surprise right i i just now i think i think at this point the only the only justifiable response from this is another tweet from Mike Pence later today that this is why we need to vote Republican for good judges, right? Right, am down with that. Yeah.
0: Like I said, I was in can't even mode. Can I, you out. know what,
1: then I'm, I'm going to really yank your chain with this. Joe Biden just came out 10 minutes ago and said that if elected president, he will do everything he can in his administration to rescind the Supreme Court opinion yesterday that the uh, little sisters of the poor, I think this is the seventh time they've had to make this lawsuit, or it's been numerous, okay, that they don't have to pay for your abortions and for uh, for your, for your uh, for you to get your freak on, right? And he says he's going to rescind that if he's president. I... I I think that can only result in him now winning a majority of the Catholic vote.
0: Yeah. Oh, I think you can take that to the bank, probably.
1: I mean, that, that, given the trend line we're on, right? Uh, clearly, clearly, he must now win a majority of the Catholic vote.
0: I listened to Doctor Barna. I heard it.
1: <sighs> All right. Let's get to let, let's get to part two of Theology Thursday. Brought to you by Real I Trust com. If you want to get into the real estate market, it's. It's a trying exercise to sell a home, and especially if you're buying and selling one at the same time, in any market, but especially one that's as uncertain as ours is right now. So you want to make sure when you go in, you go all in with an agent who is all in for you, one that you can trust. So how can you tell, right? Ever gone on a rate agent's website and had him or her just tell you flat out, really, I'm going to lose interest. If I can't sell your home in about 30 days or so, I'm probably going to lose interest probably my marketing plan is let's just have another open house that I likely won't even attend this weekend. Right? They don't put that stuff on their websites, do they? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Typically not. Get that kind of honesty. That's why you want to make sure you go to a website that has vetted the agents before they're listed. And that's what they do over at realestateagentsitrust.com. The name kind of says it all. Just go visit the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. So I got a note from one of our listeners, Robin Dodds, who sent me this note a couple of days ago. She says, here is, I'm assuming it's a her, I don't know. My bad, I'm assuming gender. They said uh, that their solution to the scam of the lockdowns is to hit government where it hurts, speak their language. If every working tax paying citizen put their state and federal taxes in an escrow account instead of their government's pocket, that would wake them up, and they would quickly be reminded that they are nothing without us. Now, there, because I don't know if it's he or she, and I don't want to assume gender here, in the enlightened, gilded age in which we live, uh, they're correct. Well, hold on. Are they, though? I'm trying to think. Gentlemen, can you think of any historical precedent whatsoever? Can you think of one, any time period where a group of people collectively thought that the taxation they were being levied was was extremely immoral, especially given the lack of representation they had within the government that was levying said taxes at the same time. So they refused in mass to pay them. Has that ever been tried before? Do you know? You're talking about the original
0: Brexit, I think, and we we know that's racist. Yes.
1: So. Aaron, were you taught any of this even
2: at home school? Or did they ever uh but is yeah, you know, the, you know, the h history history. Yeah. Mm.
1: yeah, in fact, I kind of just think I coined a phrase like no taxation without representation. I like it. That would like you T- know. That's got that. t-shirts bumper
0: stickers. Yeah, that's got a good that. ringing
1: a dance tweet. You can tweet that one out. It's kind of pithy, right? I No, but alas, Robin, we can't. No one's ever done what you're talking about. We can't think of any kind of uh, example of this, so we're screwed. And just pay everything and do everything government says, folks. Well, Robin's email is essentially you know we should just do what the people who gave us the country did. See, the doctrine of the lesser magistrate goes all the way down to us on an individual level. Individually, I am not complying with that. I'm not doing it. I don't care what it will cost, but I'm not doing it. Because the cost of doing it, to my beliefs, my integrity, my eternal soul, answer is no. I'm not doing it. We've now got, <laughs> well, we've had judges redrawing election maps for quite some time and redrawing the American map because uh, you can't defend the southern border. So essentially, if you live south of uh, Kansas City or Mexico, um, I mean, we've now now they're just, you know, redrawing the interstate map. So if you're in Tulsa, Oklahoma today, I hope you enjoyed your Wi-Fi while you had it. Wampum coming your way next. Right? Churches no more. Sweat lodges are the new thing. Right? I mean, do you know why they do this stuff? Who's going to go out there and enforce Neil Gorsuch's opinion that half of Oklahoma is an Indian reservation? Who's Is Neil Gorsuch going down there? Like, is there the Gorsuch Brigade? That will go down there and enforce the Native American land border within the state of Oklahoma. Does such an entity exist? No. No. So who will be doing the enforcement? Well, you know, I go back to what we talked about on Pop Culture Tuesday with The Dark Knight Rises. And Baines' lead henchman goes out there on the bridge. You brought this up, Todd. Yeah. And it ties perfectly into this conversation. Baines' leading henchman goes out there on the bridge and says, hey... Anybody tries to escape and leaves the city. These bridges are the only way in and out. Anybody tries to escape and leave the city, uh, we're detonating a, a, a nuclear bomb. And the military guy says, 12 million people live in Gotham City. You can't possibly enforce that. You can't stop 12 million people from leaving. I mean, you're just a ragtag bunch of insurgents, terrorists. You can't do that against 12 million people. We're going to get the, the manpower to enforce such a command. And then Bane's henchman smiles and shrugs his shoulder and says, you're right, we can't, but you can. You're going to do it. Because if you don't, we're going to detonate a nuclear bomb and kill all 12 million of these people. So you're going to do it for us. That is exactly how our system works. They know they can't enforce that, that half of Oklahoma is now an Indian reservation. But they know that you're going to comply with it, so they don't have to. They know that. You'll just comply with it. You'll enforce it for them. I don't even know who the Republican governor of Oklahoma is right now. But I can, I, I can promise you I could, probably, I could probably comprise what his reaction is going to be. This is a terrible... This is the terrible and death edict, but alas, the courts have spoken, and we must comply. So, rain dance. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. You know, they know you're going to do it. They know you're going to do it. That's why. I don't feel. You know, I've had several of you come to me the last couple of months, especially. Given where our show's been on the front lines of pushing back against this, and you must be under all kinds of pressure. And not really. I'm not really feeling like I'm under any pressure outside of what I normally feel, you know, to do the best show I can do to feed my family, to feed their families, frankly. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, that's the pressure though that I signed up for, right? That comes yeah. with the job. I don't feel like any additional pressure. You know why? Because if anybody at the Blaze ever called me and said, we don't care that you have the data, we don't want you saying that anymore, I would just say it anyway. I don't feel any pressure because nobody's going to make me do what I don't think is right.
0: I think people say that and they confuse
1: pressure for
0: frustration. Right. Because I'm frustrated
1: I, oh, I am, I'm, I'm I in, am indelibly yeah. uh, systemically frustrated. I'm in, I'm in
0: Chris Tucker rush hour <laughs> mode. Do you, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Because no matter what we say, no matter what we write, and not just we on this show, there's been many sellouts, but there's been many who have heroically been trying for a long time now to get you to wake up. When are you going to do it? What are you prepared to do? And that is my biggest frustration, thinking on a daily basis how to say the same thing in a new way that finally gets you to fight. That's frustrating.
1: Yeah. Man, I, And on top of my frustration, my normal ways of self-medication, I can't watch any sports. Oh, yeah. There hasn't been a new movie released in this country in four months, right? I'll, trust me, dude. I mean, I am in a s- perpetual state of frustration, okay? But I don't feel like any pressure... No, at all. I'm, I know I'm right. And it's not because I'm smarter. I've just actually done the homework and I'm not lying. So I know I'm right. So I don't feel any pressure and I'm not doing, and that's, and and everybody kind of knows that about me, which is why I don't get pressured to do things a lot that people don't think I'm going to do, or I wouldn't even think about doing up front. Cause I think most people that know me for more than 10 minutes know, I have no problem with the word. No, well, my answer is no. I'll tell my mom no. No, 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 there's almost, there's little, now there is one person on earth who has the ability to get me to do things I don't want to do at times, but she's not here right now. (laughs) All right. right. For the other 331 million people on this earth. No, no. It's not personal, but no, I'm not doing that.
0: And actually you had a way more pressure on you 10 years ago when you were announcing the slippery oh, slope, Yeah, but you had to look ahead and say it's coming and yeah. it's, it's here now. Yeah. But then th- there's real pressure to convince people. Now, I mean, the truth is evident now we're, we are at the bottom, we're hundred miles per hour at
1: the bottom of that slope. The, the, now. the, the, the truth of the matter too, uh, just to, to follow up what you just said, Todd, my career has skyrocketed the last few months. By every metric we, we measure, my show platform presence brand because of the pushback I have given on this scam The 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 I am incentivized for the scam demic to continue. It would I would be better off if it would continue. I would give it up tomorrow if it meant the truth would come out, and I at least could have a Saturday. I know for a fact that. I can set the culture war aside for a Saturday and a few hours in the fall and watch a damn college football game and just be a guy named Steve. I'm, I'm, I'm incentivized everywhere else on a professional level. I'm incentivized for the Scandemic to continue because it's benefiting me personally tremendously to confront it and call it out. I don't care. I want it to end yesterday, two months ago, three months ago, five minutes from now, next week. Because it's it's the biggest fake news we've ever been sold. I mean, I, I saw some data put out today by a guy who's a PhD data analyst at Northwestern, one of the top 20 universities or so in America, who pointed out that in the last three months... Hospitalizations to death ratio in America has dropped from 7%, meaning 7% of the people that were admitted into a hospital for COVID died. It's 1% now. Why aren't we celebrating that? Why isn't that the lead story on every single newscast? No, I, I don't want to milk this thing for all of its worth because it's evil. This is wicked. What's being done here is somewhere between a psychosis and demonic. I want to defeat this. But I don't see a way we can defeat it without confronting it. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.